1: Entrepreneurs should have their financials available, their current performance, one, yes, but also what are the plans? So what's the projections for the next three years? And be able to speak to those investors about those projections and existing financials without even looking at them.
0: Welcome back to the Entrepreneurial You. I'm your host, Henneka Watkis porto Today's episode is brought to you by Bookafilio. Peak Performers. Are you looking for a space that fosters a peaceful and productive working environment for writing and multifaceted creative expression? Then, Bookophilia is the place to be. At 22 years old, when many young people are chasing after fun in the fastest lane, today's guest decided to start his own company, eMedia Interactive, which is a digital media, advertising, and training company powered by technology creativity, and innovation. It's my pleasure to welcome eMedia's founder, president, and CEO, Tyrone Wilson, to the Entrepreneurial U. Welcome, Tyrone.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. I have a fun question for you before we get started. So if you had a time machine that would work only once, what point in the future or in history would you want to visit and why?
1: Ah, yeah, um... Fun question, but a a deep one. Um, I would say the the 70s um, in Jamaica, I think that's a period where, you know, our music and cultural space began to to take shape. Um, It would have been quite an an experience to to have existed in that period.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And of, of course, you're in the creative industry, so it makes a lot of sense for you. Now, let's get rock and rolling. <laughs> what yes. was childhood like for you growing up?
1: Um, For me, uh, childhood was fun. I mean, I grew up in the inner city, Um, in Kenta, Papine. And, you know, it's just one of the most memorable moments of my life, just being that free, you know, roam around um, at the river, um, camp, you know, playing every single sport we, we, we came across. Um, you know, just kind of being there and experiencing that side of life kind of prepared me for everything that I that I face today. So, you know, I would say um, my childhood experience was pretty much um, a well-rounded one.
0: But when you were growing up, you were saying that no, you know, upon reflection and so on. When you were growing up, what was your thought process like? What was your thinking like about your own childhood then?
1: I mean, I always embrace it. I think, you know, um, one of the things that I, I learned growing up, um, especially being in an inner city community, is that you have to work twice as hard as the average person who don't grow up in, in such an environment. Um, you have a lot that you you you. You're, you're trying to to achieve you know one of that is just trying to be able to get out of the community and into something that presents more opportunities for you um, so we knew that you know the foundation isn't as strong so um, we have to work very hard just to set a foundation and then um trying to achieve what comes after.
0: And for you at the time, were you always an A student or were you an A student? How are you academically? Uh,
1: um, I think I've always been up and down. <laughs> um, I definitely uh, was, um, you know, in primary school, one of the top students there. Um, I would say in my class at all times, at least top five. Um, when I went to Jamaica College um, for the first Three years, I was you know mediocre in terms of academics, and then in fourth form, I decided to take it you know take it more seriously and um graduated as a top student um top student in fifth form, top student in sixth form, so yeah, I always had it in me, but never really embrace it only if it's competitive that's when I flourish.
0: Mm. Okay. So you flourish in competition. So you mentioned that up to third form, you were pretty much you know a mediocre kind of student. I mean, what light bulb went off in your head when you decide? You know what? I'm gonna have to make a change and, and do better.
1: Light bulb. Um...
0: <laughs> or did did one ever go off in your head? You know, was it overnight that you decide? You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna do things differently.
1: So again, I think, as I say, it's competition or, or a challenge. My father instituted a little thing when, when we started traveling, my brother and I. He wouldn't buy any shoes for us above the price of our average. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So if my average was 40, I get a $40 shoes. Right. And the shoes that we, um, wanted, were seventy, eighty, ninety dollars. So of course we had to get some good average to be able to get those sneakers or those shoes like the Timbaland and so those things. Um so that kind of started pushing me to say, all right, boy I need I need these things, alright so I'm just gonna get some Payless shoes. <laughs> right. Um but then I think uh in, in Ford form we had a we had an accounting teacher who was um uh, like me, loved the competition, um, and he understood and figured out how to work with boys, how to work with an all-boys school to get them to um, perform academically. And he instituted a very competitive system. Um, Devon Lawrence, of um, his system was, you know, he had the, the, a, a test every month along with your coursework. And, um, the person who comes first is the Prime Minister, so he gets a special seat at the front, and he also gets um, an orange juice from the person who gets the last in the test, Um, and then the Prime Minister has his cabinet, which is consisted of that row of students who get the the other high grades, and then, you know, you have the opposition and, and those things, so... It was um uh, that motivated me, and ever since I I was the prime minister, um so much so that I changed my name to Fidel ah. because <laughs> you know I was just always beating them, I was always winning, and I said this is no longer a democracy, um communism, you know. Ah, I'm, I'm interesting. Fidel.
0: interesting. Right. So,
1: so I, I had that title of top accounting student throughout fourth, fifth, lower six, upper six, but. It, it transcends beyond accounts. Um, you know, it motivated me to, to just be a top student in everything else. So, um, in sixth form, I, you know, I, you know, luckily I was the best, the top student in terms of grades and the first student to, in that batch to get accepted. I got a pre, uh, a, a unconditional acceptance from UAE. Um, say no matter what happened in upper six, you're accepted in the institution. Um, and, you know, those things were were great for me, the, the level of competition and so forth that drive the success.
0: Such an inspiring story. So fast-track to when you were just 22 years old, you started your own business. How did that come about?
1: I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I think it started as early as primary school because um, my father always used to have some business cards and let it right I don't see my father going to work um, at any point in time during that stage but you always have some business cards and it's a businessman that's what is on the business card um, and the business name Rolex his name is Roland so call his business Rolex Um and, you know, as a young boy that look up to your father and so forth, you know, you know when they ask you in school, what do you want to be? You tell them I'm a businessman, mm-hmm. right? So
0: <laughs> That's what your I'm, father yes, <laughs> Right.
1: So it has always been in my mind um, to become that. So it stayed there. And even though, you know, the, the primary objectives have um, changed early, you know, at one point, I wanted to be a lawyer um, or an accountant. The, the, the fundamental principle of it all is that I wanted to, even if I'm a lawyer, I wanted to own my own law firm. Even if I'm an accountant, I want to own my own accounting firm. And, um, you know, that interest in becoming an entrepreneur, um, you know, just continue to exist and uh, move from that to just getting right into
0: it. And now, take us through the genesis of eMedia Interactive from the conceptualization stage to where you are now.
1: Right. So, the concept of eMedia started in college. Um, I was a publications chairperson on the Guild of Students. Um, and I was and at, that's
0: at the University of the West that's Indies. That's at the
1: University of the West Indies. And um, I was responsible for the entire publication of content for students for the student body right and um, so from the fresher guide to the newspaper campus newspaper to um, any other material that's coming from the student representation of body to the students um, I had responsibility for outside of PR public relations so um, it was pretty exciting I had a, Decent budget, um, and uh, we had a voice. And you know, from wanting to have my own business in media, because I, a year before I'd started our um, entertainment and lifestyle website, yard, yardmedia.com, um, you know, I got the opportunity and the guilt to experience what it's like running your own business with, with actual money, right? Um, <laughs> And, you know, I just never look back from then. I developed my business plan and um we we pretty much, you know, got the investment um from Chris Williams, who is now CEO of Proven. And um we just moved from a, a small business to getting additional investor support from SagiCore investment. Um we raised $350,000 um, to expand the business in video, um, original content and so forth and structuring our, our board of directors, um, chaired by Richard Biles, who is the CEO of Sajikor. Um And, you know, it, it just has really been quite an experience. Lots of downs, lots of ups and, lots of and so up. forth. On this note, and, we're
0: going to take a break right here and just to thank my sponsor and then when we come back, I want you to talk talk us through how we prepare our businesses for investment. Peak Performers. Success is something that we gradually work towards as an end goal, but we need to be in the right environment to make it happen. Bookophilia is dedicated to providing a space for book, coffee and tea lovers, creatives, educators, students and professionals who want ideas, innovation and inspiration. They have a variety of high-quality books, a cafe, Events such as book launches, signings, and art exhibitions and professional services uniquely tailored to your needs, culture, and tastes. Their environment provides for the full literary arts experience, allowing for multifaceted creative expressions. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bookophilia. Let's get back to our chat with Tyrone Wilson of eMedia Interactive. Now, tell us, Tyrone, you have managed, as you alluded to earlier, allow your company to get an investment from SagiCore of $350,000. That's yes. no easy feat, right? So mm. I want you now to take our listeners or our people formers who are listening, take us through how it is we prepare our businesses for investment.
1: Right. So, um... I think the best way to to you know um, advise of of fundraising is to walk through my own experience. Right. Um, my degree is in banking and finance, um, and you know I'm running a creative business. And a lot of times people think that I went to Karamok and so forth, but I was in banking and finance, economics and uh, management departments, a joint program, and from that I got a lot of exposure on how banks work or investment companies work, how the balance sheet looks, how certain deals are structured, and um, the biggest part, uh, the, the most exciting part for me in that program, banking and finance, was the finance part. And, um when when I was approached by Donovan Perkins, who at the time was a CEO of Asagikore Investment, I had no idea uh they wanted to invest. Um, you know, I, I went to a meeting at their request and um, you know, we started having a discussion and they were asking me about um the business and, you know, what are my plans for taking it to the next level and um I think right there I was caught off guard, and you know <laughs> that would be one of my first um, tips for aspiring entrepreneurs that as are individuals who are looking for funding is to always be ready. Mm-hmm.
0: Preparation um, is key.
1: Preparation is key, um, and I was always working on what's next for my business. Um, so when when they asked, you know, for me it was a and no-brainer started outlining to them. Um, all the grand what,
0: plans that you have, right?
1: All the grand plans that are up for the business, right? And, um, you know, we they like them and so forth, and the discussion moved to financing. So equity investment is always... um. Important as a young business, that's the type of investment you need are things that they call patient capital individuals who are willing to put some funds in your business and, um, uh, you know, allow you the opportunity to explore the ideas and, um, take some bets and, um, deliver on what is needed. So I knew that whatever deal it is that we're looking from with SagiCore um, has to be something that gives us room to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, And our deal wasn't equity, but it wasn't debt. It was a hybrid. It was a convertible note, um, only at a small coupon rate. Mm -hmm. um, And convertible into equity, Based on the performance of the business over time.
0: Right.
1: Especially when you're looking to list on the stock exchange. So, um, entrepreneurs should have their financing available. Sorry, their, their financials available. Right. Their current performance, one, yes, but also what are the plans so yeah, the what's, projections. The, what's the projections for the next three years and be able to speak to those investors about those projections and existing financials without even looking at them right you'd have to know your business and know what is it that you have planned you're the driver you're the captain um you have to be a uh, you know as intimate as possible with the the state of affairs for your business um so You know, the investors are, I've dealt with quite a few investors have recently raised some more equity for my business um, that enabled expansion um, into our creative school. And, you know, a lot of people... Before
0: before we get into the creative school, which I want you to talk about a little as well, I want you to give me a little more foundation um, in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, preparing... For the investment, you know, getting a board, your board of directors or advisory mm-hmm. board and so on, things like that, that must be in place. You know what I mean? Um, the checks yeah. and balances and stuff like that.
1: So uh, when, when, <clears throat> when Sajikor approached me about the investment, I was 24 years old. Um,
0: How old are very, you now?
1: <laughs> 31.
0: Okay. okay. Eight, um, yes, we're putting a number yes. on it.
1: Right. Uh, very young entrepreneur um at the time and what impressed them is that i had an advisory board and i was having board meetings and um i had my minutes i had my reports and you know that was very unique for an entrepreneur my age at the time to be so serious about those things. And um, I really credit it to Chris Williams and Cherie because they were the ones that ensured that those structures were in place.
0: And who are these people?
1: Um, Chris Williams, now CEO of Approved Investments. Um, Cherie Martin is Vice President of Energy Delivery at JPS. Now She was head of marketing for National Commercial Bank at the time and they were the ones that took me on very early gave me the mentorship and the support and the guidance and ensure that these structures were in place and um you know i you know i had the level of discipline to ensure that we that we um did what that i ensure that we committed to those um systems right um that was important and Sajikor was impressed by that. And right away they knew they were investing in somebody who, you know, who understands
0: what it what means to is be in business. Yeah.
1: Right. And when people are giving their money, um, the level of responsibility that you need to display um in a business. So that was a comfort for them.
0: And so far, I've heard you talked about. Um, so, two things that you've mentioned that really jump out is one, you know, your financials and making sure that you have that in place. And two, it's important to have a team in place. Um, it may not necessarily be a paid team, but have a team in place.
1: Yes. Once those investors feel a level of comfort, you have to kind of hold hands and start to drive the process along. So, I had an advisory board, but I knew that they would want a board of directors, and um, those were stipulations in the agreement. Um, and you know, I moved right away to to setting up that um, to setting up that board.
0: And, and what were some of the considerations you were you you know you had to think about when you were setting up your board?
1: So when you look at uh, you know setting up a board has a lot to do with the type of business that you have. And also, the type of support that the entrepreneur needs at the time. Um, why, remember, I was a young, um, a younger entrepreneur. Yeah, he's still young. (laughs) And, um, I needed mentorship support also. So the board wasn't just a governance board to, you know, be hard on the CEO and say what is going on, but also a set of people who understand the cycle of the business and, stage that we're at now and what is needed. So like Sandra Glasgow, for example, um, was, a, was a CEO of the PSOJ at the time and one of the, 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 the best in terms of corporate governance locally, um, came on the board. And um, she, you know, today is like a mother to me, um, but she's also very tough and um, she's big on corporate governance. And even though we weren't as strong as we should have been in corporate governance. Without Sanjo it would have been 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that we needed someone in corporate governance, um, who understands small business and know to work with young entrepreneurs. And Sanjay was, um, you know, was kind enough to come on board. Um,
0: <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally.
1: Right? And guide through that process. Um, Sherry of course was a shareholder, so she would have gotten um, a board seat at the time based on the amount of shares that she had in the business. But um also she understood the business. So Sanja came on a few years after we've started, Sherry was there from day one. So we needed people in the business outside of the CEO who knew the company. Who can back him up in, 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 in instances and also to challenge thoughts and processes, uh, because of historic, um, relationship with, with the organization. And then any individuals like Richard Biles, who is just the best CEO locally, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, who operate a very large company and do can guide you to take you to that next level that you want to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he has done, he has been doing that and still continue to do that um with me. Um, you know, so we had a diverse board, young old in between um, who was very rightful were very right picks at the time for the business. And um you know, and entrepreneurs coming up who are looking to set up these structures, you know, just have to look at their business and do a little gap analysis and say, okay, this is what the business needs. Um, the business needs and, you know, just put that in in place. Um it, You do have to pay these people. My board members aren't paid. I give them shares in lieu of fees, you know, it, it works different ways. So. Right.
0: And so at the beginning, right, how did you manage, how did you approach these uh, all big names to come on board in support of what at the time? Yes, they could have looked at it and say, you know, this is a great plan and it will succeed. But they had really no way of knowing. So how were you able to to convince them, as it were, to be a part of your team?
1: They are good salesmen. (laughs) Sometimes people think that sales is about selling products. I'm into the business of selling ideas. I'm into the business of selling a vision. And that's exactly what I did with my um, um, directors and shareholders. Um, I sell them a long-term vision for the business and they bought into it and they committed.
0: So obviously at the time you, you had to know what your why was so that you can help others to see that and explain that vision so that they align right. into it. And yeah. you alluded to earlier, you were talking, you're about to talk about the school because you're into the business of selling ideas, right? And now you have, in addition to your company that, that is involved in, you know, filming and, and, and so on, you now have a creative school. Uh, how did that come about and why was there a need for that to happen?
1: Yeah. So the school um, was an idea that was developed five years ago. Um, the truth is, we realized very early that there's a a big need for creative talent in in um in Jamaica, and our creative economy is underserved. And we need more people who understand entrepreneurship, who who are creatives, and are able to to you know create the type of content um, that we need and the type of um, intellectual property that we need in order to contribute to the economic growth um, it has been usually neglected um, by policy and so forth uh, because a lot of them really just don't understand when we look at the British economy last year the creative economy contributed 5% to their GDP, the largest contributor and the fastest growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we are taking that for granted locally. But like any other economy, the first way to develop that is to have trained people working there. Mm-hmm. And if we look at the actuary industry 15, 20 years ago, it's not as advanced as it is today. Um, back then, financial businesses, insurance companies, and those who have their large risk departments and so forth, who are structuring these type of products, could not grow as fast because, you know, they needed actuaries too. And um, we didn't have a lot of them. But now we have a lot of actuaries. And um, the economy has grown so big based on a lot of the work that, they have done, in addition to other areas, um, to really develop um, the financial industry. So Jamaica is a very um, mature and advanced and strong um, financial industry, and that's based fully on the level of talent that was developed early. Um, in 2004, when I started college, um, banking and finance degree, they only accepted 40 students per year. And I was lucky to get into that program. But if you look at the banking and finance degree program now, they have a couple hundred people, right? Um, it just shows the, the level of growth that the economy, that financial economy experience and the vision at UI at the time who pretty much saw the need for such a program. That was very important for us. So, we created the iCreate Institute, um, which is now fully an institute under the University College of the Caribbean. Well, the University of the Commonwealth Caribbean, um, they've recently rebranded. And, um, you know, our need is to really, um, train the future for creative economy and sort of grow and see the growth in this space.
0: Awesome, awesome, because there's so much money to be made from the the orange industry, as they call it, the creative industry. (laughs) Right, Your final word to our community.
1: There's always an excuse as to why we can't do something. And our responsibility is to find ways to get it done. Um, Jamaica needs so much in terms of development and I believe that the only way we're going to build our country, build our economy and anywhere else in the world is through entrepreneurship. People are bold enough to create change um, and you know, my circumstances would have said otherwise. Um, But I decided not to listen and um, push to develop in the company that we have today. And I feel very proud about it and the work that my team has been doing over the last few years. So I would say, um, you know, just go after what you want to achieve in life. As cliche as it might sound.
0: Yeah, but that's that's just it. Just go for it. Just do it. All right. Uh, No doubt our community members here listening we're very inspired by what you had to say and they want to make contacts with you. Share your details with us.
1: Yeah, um, our website is joinemedia.com, J-O-I-N-E-Media.com. And our contact number is 876-665-0772. And our email address is info at joinemedia.com.
0: And persons want to connect directly with you, Tyrone, on Twitter. Share your Twitter handle. Right.
1: So, I'm um, not sure if you want to follow my Twitter, but <laughs> you can follow me on call Tyrone underscore W. And the same on Instagram. Um, you can find me on calltyrone underscore W.
0: I am personally inspired by you, Tyrone. Um, I have thank been watching you. Um, you from a distance, you know, yes. uh, watching your growth. We, we had a, an early encounter at some point when you just started, right? And, yes. I've, and I've watched you progress and, and, and it's inspiring to me. And I'm sure those listening and as they even do more research, you know, into your company and who you are, they'll become even more inspired. So I want to thank you for spending time with us today. Um, we, it, it was an awesome pleasure.
1: All right. Thank you very much. I, I enjoyed it.
0: If you've enjoyed this free podcast, please show your love and support by heading over to hennekewatkesport.com and click in the subscribe and iTunes button. Leave your rating and review, and hopefully you will leave us a five-star rating. We would really love that. Thank you to our peak performers for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Henica Remember... You were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good.